Welcome once again to Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End chat. Everything about Glasgow's West End. My name's Jim Byrne and the pat in the title is Pat Byrne. And this is episode 31. In this episode, Pat chats to Alistair Braidwood. Alistair chats about working in the catering industry, travelling the world, becoming a mature student, studying Scottish literature and the joy of running the podcast Scots Way Hay, which incidentally inspired us to start up our very own podcast. So thanks, Alistair. Now I'd like to thank everybody individually if I can, but obviously I can't, for tuning into our, our, our podcast because I looked at the statistics today and apparently our feed, whatever that means, has been uh, listened to over 25,000 times. I'm just going to assume that that's 25,000 individuals who have listened to our podcast since we started it a couple of months ago, I think it was now. So thanks very much. We really appreciate you listening in. And please, as I've said before, subscribe if you haven't and send us a wee note. We'd love to hear from you. The best way to do that is probably through Pat's Twitter, which is at Glasgow's West End. Just send her a message. So without further ado, and because I've already listened to it, I can tell you it's a cracker, let's go and listen to Pat chatting to Alistair Braidwood. Thanks, Jim. That's, that's Jim got this all set up with the technology. Um, I'm actually sitting in our living room, hopefully nice and quiet, with Alistair Braidwood from Scotsway Hay. So I'm um, going to have a chat with Alistair. The, the, the funny thing is we started doing the podcast after, you know, admiring Alistair so much. Yes, this is really weird because uh, I'm usually the one asking the questions, so I don't know how this is going to go, but there you are. It's just, it's just a blazer. Um, no, remember, actually in here, remember? Yeah, I do remember it well. Um, to interview, well, to chat for the podcast with um, Samina Chowdhury mm-hmm. and Jim and Diane. That's right. And, I mean... I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to get to the, the, the stage that will be... Um, we were just so... It went so well. It was, and, yeah, it was and, a really good talk, yeah. And, you, you know, it was, so, it was so enjoyable. And actually, well, that was, a, that was a long, long time ago now. But then after that, Jim got interested, because we were listening. After that, we then started listening. We'd listened before, but we started listening to more of your podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jim said, you know, that would be a smashing thing to do because yeah. we've got so many characters Absolutely. on the website already. And um, and it's, for me, it's, what I was doing before was maybe going and interviewing somebody, then going home and writing it all up. Yeah. And... Um, that's yeah. quite, that's quite, can be quite a task. It's, it can be. This is it's much more immediate way of doing it. Definitely, I know, yeah. I know. So so it's been it's been fun. So so thanks for your inspiration. Oh no problem. <laughs> Pleasure. So, um, I was saying to you that you're already on. We already have you featured on the website under the Glasgow Writers category. That's right. Yeah. And um, so know a wee bit about you already. But I'd remembered um, something that I haven't got on the site. I'd remembered you talking about when you were young and a oh, young girl. Yeah. And um, when you started out working, it wasn't in this field. No, um, no, absolutely. I mean, I'd always been um, a, a reader, um, you know, from a, as soon as I could. You know, my dad used to read it to me when I was a kid and all that stuff. So I really loved my books and music and all the things that feature on. Scots way hey, but um, I wasn't particularly good academically um, at the time anyway and, and didn't really have an interest. So when I left school I was working part time in uh, Cafe Gandolfi just for, you know, weekend money, that kind of thing. We're doing the dishes and then, you know, learning how to do the salads and, you know, that kind of thing. And I really loved the buzz of the kitchen. So I went to College of Food Technology as it was back then and um, started doing and a city in guilds there, it would have been. And um, did a couple of years of that, but realised that what I really wanted to do was just work in the kitchen. And by that point, I was I knew more things, having 
you know, done different sections in the kitchen and beginning to do some stuff working on the stove and getting to love and understand food um, a lot better and, and, and also the kind of banter, the, the um, camaraderie that you get in the kitchen. Yeah. I haven't found that in any other job that I've done. I mean, it's really great. Um, happy, happy times. And so I left college with a, a year to go and uh, just went to work full time in, in Café Gandolfi and eventually kind of moved up to joint head chef as it was at the time um, with uh, Maggie Clams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I worked in catering for years and years and years for a long, long time. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. I mean, I do love Café Gandolfi. I think it's pretty special. It was a great place to start. I mean, I was very lucky from the day I kind of walked, and if people don't know it, it's in the Merchant City of Glasgow on Albion Street. It's a real institution. And I remember the first time I walked through the famous swing doors as they are, and there's, it's just most of the furniture, if not all of the furniture, is made by Tim Stead, who's mm-hmm. now unfortunately no longer with us but who makes this incredible wooden furniture, including the bar and the clock and all the tables and chairs. And you know, it's an astonishing place to kind of walk into. Magical place. And and then all the people that worked there, it was Ian McKenzie who owned it at the time, and it's now Seamus McInnes who's had it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seamus was already working there. But uh, it was a great bunch of people, and people who are still best friends and like family almost mm-hmm. you know uh, um, uh, yeah it was a it was a great time a great time to do it and the right time to do it if I'd gone to university if I could have uh, when I was in my late teens early 20s it would have been a disaster <laughs> I think but um, so I, I didn't end up doing that, that until later it's on very, um, there's something very enriching about it though isn't there that, that whole experience oh I love it and I still love it I and mean, I still do catering jobs I still um Every year uh, I work on the Vic 32, which is the only steam-fired puffer still on the water. And uh, they do um, take people um, on week-long holidays. And uh, once a week, uh, sorry, once a year or even twice or three times a year, depending, um, I go on and I do the food for them. And uh, I love that. And I did a wedding of a friend last year. and So I still... I still keep my hand in and I still really enjoy it. Yeah, but it was interesting. I think um, I went travelling when I was about 25, 26, and I I worked in Australia for about a year and worked again in some great restaurants with some really great chefs, but also guys who were at that time in their late 40s, early 50s. I'm in my late 40s now, but uh, you know, uh, and you could see it was taking its toll working. Mm on your feet, 12 yeah, hour shifts, yeah. split shifts, all those mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And part of me thought, well, I don't know if I can do this for that length of time. But I, I love work, the time spent working in restaurants yeah. and, and yeah. bars as well. I, were I, mean, great. I, I, I absolutely um, agree with that. I mean, I've worked in lots of different places, in lots of pubs. I think I've worked in every pub in Clyde Bank. But um, <laughs> I worked for quite a long time when it was the Albany Hotel. We worked work yeah. there, and you know that I always and my sister worked there too, and we were co- we were waitresses in the cocktail bar, and Fantastic. I would say that is the best job I've ever had. Yeah. We loved it, and of course at that time you had all the people coming from that were the, a lot of the um, performers, like yeah. Brian Ferry and oh, um, wow. and you know, um, gosh, you. Yeah, yeah, Gandolfi was like that. We had like Annie Lennox and, and Lou Nile yeah, and, you know, all uh-huh. these different people. So you, you, and you get in the Brazilian football team and um, you get you get invited to lots of... I mean, we went to lots of shows at the uh-huh. Apollo. Yeah, and yeah. get tickets. and But it was fun. Uh, David Essex and um, all, all these sorts of people. But it wasn't just... That was nice, but it was the people who worked there. Yeah, it was good fun and different nationalities, interesting, and um, it just really was very enjoyable. Well, in in ninety uh, uh, four, I'd been working. I think I started part time working about eighty seven, so I was seventeen, and then in ninety four, two good friends of mine, Mark Henry and Jonathan Grant, opened up Bar ninety one, which is still open in Glasgow and Candlerigs, and they asked me to come and. Uh, uh, cook for them and that was a, a, a great time but you were talking about you know men 
if I can say men in their 20s having their own pub oh man talk about giving the, the kids the keys to the candy shop it was a great time but um, yeah it kind of took its toll a lot of good nights a lot of good nights yeah absolutely long, long nights no doubt so, so then what happened that you changed direction well I, as I say I went so we had that year uh, in Bar 91 and, and after that time I thought I quite fancy I, going away for a bit getting out of Glasgow just giving a bit of perspective you know I've been in the city my whole life basically and worked in it and got to know lots of people and all that stuff and as you said before we started recording it's a small place mm -hmm, yeah. so um, I got a, one of these around the world um, uh, tickets with stop-offs in uh, Thailand and Singapore and Bali the kind of stuff a lot of people do these days and then worked in Australia and then while I was out there and I was enjoying my work and everything but I just thought I never gave studying a chance I didn't give it a, a chance at all and I, I still as you know was reading lots of particularly you know Ian Banks and James Kelman and uh, you know a lot of Scottish writers and stuff like that there's something about being overseas that you know uh, and listening to teenage fan club and like you know you it kind of calls you home um so I came back and I went back into um, uh, catering, but I thought I want to give university a shot. So I did a, an access course at Glasgow University, which was two nights a week, I think, um, studying Scottish literature and a uh, culture. Oh, well, I can't remember what the other thing was. But, um, and I, I kind of really got the bug for it. So then I, I got, went straight into first year at university and started off my first. Uh, Degree. So what did you study when you? Well, that was philosophy. I did a, 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 a single honours um, philosophy. Now I would have done a joint honours with Scottish literature, but the way that the timetable worked out, you couldn't do both. It just clashed, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a choice. And looking back, I made the kind of strange choice of doing philosophy, but I was fascinated by it, and I had never read any before I went to mm -hmm. uni. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to do that. And so that was my uh, undergraduate degree, uh, was in philosophy. And then I finished that and I really was a case of, what do I do now? I, I worked as a degree in philosophy, get you well, you know, not very much. And so I, uh, I was at a bit of a loss um, and, and I fell back into doing what I did before and I ended up working again in restaurants and things like that. But I felt there was something I hadn't finished, unfinished business, put it that way. And about two years after that, I um, went to a write of creative writing class at Strathclyde University with um, my good friend Peter Mackey Burns, who's uh, now he, his film Daphne came out last year to great acclaim, and he's you know um, quite a well thought of filmmaker. But I mean Peter from years in Gandolfi, we met in Gandolfi. Anyway, the, he wanted to go to this writing class and said, you fancy it? Mm -hmm. And yeah, why not? It was a guy called William Pettigrew who still yeah, teaches. Yeah, I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does stuff at iWrite, does he? I think that's right, yeah. yeah. And I think there was two classes and Elizabeth Reader was in the next room, I right, believe. Right, right. Um, we, we, it was William Pettigrew who did two classes and, uh, and it was a great class. It was, and you'll probably found this having done writing classes, but mm -hmm a group of people who didn't particularly have anything else in common except they really wanted to yeah. write mm -hmm. or read, you know, they had an interest in, in kind of writing. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, we did that for a year, it was great fun, but I thought, I want to know more about the writing, not particularly I want to go and do writing, uh, creative writing itself, I, I feel I, I want to do more, I want to study it, and I particularly want to study the Scottish stuff. So I went back to Glasgow, applied, and I did my Masters in Scottish Literature. And then I did three-year PhD in uh, Scottish Literature as well, on James Kelman and Ian Banks. So going back to those yeah. books that I was yeah. reading when I was 15, 16, I, remember, I think I was 15 when I got the bus conductor Hines in the Wasp Factory. And here I was all these years later, um, you know, writing about them for a, for a PhD. I something recently that you wrote for the bottle on Kelman. Yeah, yeah, well that partly, some of that was taken from ideas from uh, from the PhD. Um, it was also inspired uh, a little bit by uh, in the city of culture in um, a, when was it, 1990 wasn't it? The Glasgow City of Culture, yeah. yeah. There was a book that came out a couple of years ago that the guys in the Druth 
um, Johnny and Mitch had put together called The Red Cockatoo. Um, I hope I'm getting this right. Uh, and it was all about this cultural conference that Kelman put together in that year. And Noam Chomsky came over and all mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. um, writers and poets. And, yeah, and a, it was held in the Govan City Halls. Um, and in my mind, this is what Kelman wanted culture city of Glasgow city of culture to be with you know people real thinkers and philosophers and yeah, trade unionists yeah. and, and politically yeah. active and all yeah. that yeah. and actually and you might disagree with me about this but what happened from the city of culture was more of a a commercial growth you know there were mm -hmm. more shops and there was more cafes and all that thing more was good, good more tourists it mm -hmm. became a very mm -hmm. different thing yeah. mm -hmm. and I had again my theory is that um, he was spent, Kelman was now spending more time in America anyway because he was teaching over there in, in Texas and other places. Um, and he'd, but he also started to write books about America. You have mm -hmm. to be careful in the land of the free mm -hmm. and recently the dirt road as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought that maybe there was a kind of disillusionment with what happened to Glasgow after the year of culture that maybe mm -hmm. made him um, want to write about, because he also wrote about, you know, Mo said she was quirky set in London, translated accounts of set in a place that's uh, um, unnamed, but it's definitely overseas. Uh, um, Kieran Smith Boys set in the 1950s, mm -hmm. and even how, how late it was, how late to set in a kind of, you know, Glasgow that was kind of pre-1990. So that's what, they, that's what the piece in the bottle is about, yeah. um, if anyone's yeah, interested. Uh, yeah, no, I, I read it, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not that long since I've read The Dirt Road. I, I think so, The Dirt Road's um, a really, really good kill. It's very good, and you feel so... Um, the char character Murdo, I mean, you're so with him all the way, but all those mu the, the sort of musical um, aspects of it... Funnily enough, I still go to my writing classes. Right. Um, so to um, Centre for Open Studies, this Alan McMoneagle. And um, I was all taken by the dirt road because not long before that, I had written this wee short story called Novo Zydeco. Right. And it was just about this... Um, it was actually based on a kind of experience Jim had in Glasgow, but it was... Um, about that kind of music, not 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 obviously. <laughs> um, I'm not obviously. I'm comparing it to Dark Road in the sense that it was kind of amused me. You know the idea that um, here was this, you know, kind of fabulous writer on the sort of uh, some sort of, some sort of um, similar topic, but obviously. Um, I mean, he has got that affinity with America. He knows it inside out. He, I didn't realise, um, was that he had spent time when he was a boy himself, or at least young, uh, with family in America. So uh -huh. there is uh, some kind He's of parallels there. So uh -huh. yeah, I've got a, a kind of historical background with yeah. that as well. And I think uh, I've read in places, you know, he's got a really strong connection with um, uh, Texas, I think Austin, I might be wrong about that, but yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. But he's a, fa he's a fantastic writer. Uh, um, when I'm, if I'm writing, I mean, I'm still kind of thinking myself as a kind of dabbler, but, and, but I, I do my homework, and, <laughs> um, but sometimes if I'm writing something and I'm kind of thinking, you know, trying to get into that way that he does in somebody's head, I will then go and read some of his stuff. Yeah. To, to, to kind of, you know, sort of just immerse myself in it a wee bit because he can do that for pages and pages and pages. I don't actually know anyone else that can do that. Uh, he's my, my favourite Scottish writer, and people ask if I had to, I mean, I've got lots of them, but if someone has to push me down and say, Name one, it'll always be James Kelman. I think you're right, no one kind of writes in our dialogue, our consciousness, as, mm -hmm. as James Kelman does. Yeah. It's quite mm -hmm. something. And the use of language. Yeah. You know, the, um, the, the Scottish bits, the, you know, it's not kind of like dead in your face, like it's just very natural somehow. Language is a, a really important thing in all these books, definitely, mm -hmm. absolutely. No, well that, I mean, that must have been, although awful, awful hard work obviously doing the PhD, but it must have been a right luxury as well. It was fantastic to be able to spend three years, and a year right up, I should say, but uh, to really immerse myself in these books. So I read all of Kelman's stuff and 
and uh, I read all of Ian Banks' non-sci-fi. I, I know a little bit about the sci-fi, but the idea was to compare these two living at the time Scottish writers of a similar age, but who write in a very different way and what they mm. say about various aspects of Scotland that mm. they're writing about. This idea that you know you, uh, writers kind of engage with the place that they write in. Um, but it was while I was doing that um, that I kind of about two years in, I think, I got real writer's block and I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. It seemed too big. All the, if you talk to anyone that does a PhD, yeah. when you're in doing it, it seems like the most important thing in the world. Four months out of it, you're like, what? why was I so, you know, stressed about <laughs> this thing? But it's got to be the most important yeah. thing to get. And so I started doing the uh, Scots Way Hay during that time because I wanted just to, to write something. Mm-hmm. And I'd started reading a lot of um, music uh, blogs uh, in particular, um, song by Toad, um, Pinko, um, a guy called Pete Reed who lives in Texas, funnily enough, who did a site called Dear Scotland, which it's a shame it's not going because that, it had people writing on music, like Vic Galloway, and it had people writing on film and people writing on, and he asked me to come and uh, write on books. But I wanted to do something like that for my favourite the whole idea behind the website was to say not that here's something that's great because it's Scottish that's not I wasn't interested in that at all I was going this stuff's great and it's Scottish it's yeah, on your yeah, doorstep yeah. you can find it you can find it in bookshops and bars and it's music a, venues a, that's a very important distinction it's a hugely important distinction you can't just say something's going to be great because of what and where it's made that's not yeah. it but you know I think the first piece I wrote was on uh, Tutti Frutti, which most people will know, John Burns Tutti yeah. Frutti, but I still think it's the best bit of television I think I've know, ever uh, seen. See when, <laughs> see when occasionally when I'm a bit fed up, I get that dance on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> the bikers. <laughs> I think that was one of the most fantastic scenes ever. That's in your cheating heart. That's oh, in the cheating heart. Yeah, that's in the oh, second oh, mistake. No, no. I love that. I know that, yeah. That's I the scene that. where the bikers I, are in Aberdeen uh-huh. and they line yeah, dance. Yeah. But, yeah. I did, but I did love to And yeah. it was a great cast. And some, I mean, um, some of them are like, you know, they're icons now. Yeah. But it was the writing that got me at this really funny... Um, I don't think, for me, no one writes um, West Coast of Scotland dialect as funnily as as as, uh, as uh, John Byrne does. I mean, he really nails it. So it's such a multi-talented guy. Yeah, uh, uh, hugely. So I want to, I know a lot of people would know about these things, but then there were certain things that people maybe, you know, wouldn't know about various... Mm-hmm bands started sending me their music to review and uh, um, so I now do a monthly um, music review and people started sending me books or I found books that I'd never read before and um, it was a little bit to begin with there wasn't really much of a structure about it I would you know there was, it kind of went in all directions but now eight years later is it I think um, I think it must be about that so quickly yeah maybe nine years this mm-hmm. year uh, it goes really quickly, yeah. But uh, no, yeah. It's, a, it's a fantastic resource. I mean, you know, I'm sure it, you've got loads of followers on Facebook. I mean, I'm sure it gets. But but it, it was interesting the changes as well because when I started, there was no really, there was no social media. Probably word of mouth. You know, so it really had to be. Yeah, it was kind of word of mouth. Um, uh, and people would get in touch through other websites. Yeah, That's what it yeah, would be. Uh-huh. Used to, some people still have it, but used to have kind of um, blog posts on websites. Uh, so you would say, if you like this website, here's some other ones you might like. Yes, that similar uh-huh, things, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and then the list promoted you a lot. Oh, I have to say that was a big thing. That was uh, the, the lovely Nicola Mayne, who you know put us forward as one of the top. I think it was 30 websites in uh, Scottish websites uh, in the list and that took things on to a different level because suddenly you know people were coming to us and I say us because it's mainly me but there are a lot of other people that have been involved and are still involved um, like uh, Ian Gregson who does all the sound for our podcasts mm-hmm. that we do and um, Chris Ward uh, and Wesley Shearer who mm-hmm. do our and mm-hmm. this year Vicky Riley from Berlin Books who do our kind of yearly end of year roundups and things like that? So there's been lots of different people involved. No, it's it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I love when I come across you know, like some of the things you recommend, and I think, oh, that's great. You know, you maybe say, 
um, this particular this particular book, and it's at the time where you're maybe looking for yeah. something to read, and you think, oh, I'll take a note of that, you know, and, well, and also the new bands and or the the, the sort of um, I like it's been the favourites, yeah. highlighting highlighting. No, it really is. Um, it's a terrific. Um, it's very enjoyable. Good. You know, I'm sort of thinking of it, saying it's a terrific resource, but it's not a resource as. Uh, you know, like that. It's just, it's very, very enjoyable. Well, I think kind of similar to, to yourself, Pat. Um, it, you want to really celebrate stuff that's out there that you uh-huh. enjoy because yeah. you think, well, if I enjoy it, other that's people right. are, are probably uh-huh. going to enjoy yeah. it as well. Yeah, I feel very much like that. I mean, I get quite a lot of criticism. Have done over the years, often and often, saying, oh, oh, you don't um, disparage places, or you don't let people know of something I said well I'm, I'm no, that's not what I'm wanting to do I'm, no, wanting, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say the West End's great yeah. you know you can do this you can do that if something's not great or I, and also I sometimes feel like especially with restaurants and stuff like that you could go on and off now you could give a waitress serving you that's a, a bereavement you know I don't like that judgmental well I mean you and I are doing it for the love of it it's not because someone else is paying us to do it that's the way that I think yeah. about it now over the years I've been paid to, to write for other people such as the bottle Imper for um, you know various other publications and that's different in my eyes then if I get something and I think this isn't um, particularly good and here's why I think it's not good or whatever then I think I've got I have uh, I have to do that I have to say that uh-huh. but when I'm doing Scots Way uh-huh. If I start reading something or listening to something that I don't like, I just stop because yeah, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, so everything sure. I, and that does happen. I mean, there's a whole load of books that I've started going and, well, there's two things. One, I think, oh, I don't need to finish this and I don't want to write about it. And also, often it's someone's first book. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't think it's maybe that good, I'm not going to. No, give someone a kick in, um, you know, on their first book. Other places can do that if yeah. they want. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can see, you know, I know other um, bloggers that have had the same criticism where, um, but you've got to remember that most people that are doing this are doing it for the love of it. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it because they're getting paid. I know, well, it. I mean, people are always telling me how I could be making a fortune. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, never quite sure well, how to do I that. Well, I kind of, what you're telling me, I kind of know, but I don't want to be getting up in the morning and, you know, like, Phoning around and try to sell things or try to make deals and yeah, just the way to do that. Yeah. So, so about three quarters of the stuff I'm doing, there is no, there's no money involved in it yeah. whatsoever. I, I do, I do get a bit um, of um, income, which is very handy, but um, I also, I only really want to work with people that I like. Yeah. You know, some just want to pay me a whole lot, but I'm finding them irksome or, or you know, just, I'm not in the same wavelength. I don't enjoy it. And I think they're just, you've got to have a kind of life balance, haven't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no real a point doing it, I don't think. It would totally um, depress you if you were writing stuff um, or writing about things and running people down it's just all not, the time. It's just not that. me. No. You know, that's... I, I uh, would, I, I would, I would, I, I, I think also, I think there is a way of uh, um, of writing and reviewing that if something isn't the best thing you've ever, because let's face it, what could possibly be the best thing you ever read every time? That would just make, you know, insane. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, you can constructively criticise. Yeah. There would be, be good points. Good, yeah, and, good and, point. And, and then, then there are other things, well, this is maybe not so strong. Yeah. And I think that's what you can do. There are definitely ways of doing it. And I think people are open to that anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of, I, I, going back to um, Nicola Mayne, who, who when you know, is now on Radio Scotland a lot, uh, but uh, used to write for the list and probably still does write for the list. Um, I admired the way that she used to use her music reviews because it was that thing. And going back to... I've always been a big magazine reader and uh, newspaper reader and things like that. And when I used to read the music press, you would always get some music journalists who would nearly be down on everything. But then you would get guys, I'm thinking of, uh, for me, um, a, oh, crikey, what was his name? Chris Roberts for The Melody Maker. Um, a Simon Reynolds uh, out of the NME and The Melody Maker who just loved music. 
and that came across mm -hmm. with the way they wrote it. And I love music and I love books mm -hmm. and and that's what I want to Who kind of get the guy, across. Um, names just escaped me at the moment. They did the God's jukebox. Do you remember that? Oh. That was so good. You know, it was like the the recommendations. I can't remember. No, it was the, the, the Buzzcocks. It was from the Buzzcocks, I think. Right. I can't remember his name. No. But I, I, I really enjoyed that. You what know, was that the, one? Was that a website? No, the, no, the name rings a bell. It was radio. It was no radio. Oh, okay. Tim will know it'll come back to me. Yeah. But um, that kind of thing. But I, lo I love when you give the recommendations. Mm -hmm. It's... Um, I always try, you know, if I, know, I, know, I notice it, I always try and retweet it if I see, and I think, what have we got to know about this? <laughs> but that's, you know, as I say, when, we start, when I started out, there was um, social media or stuff mm -hmm. like that, people were, and I think it's, it's more difficult to get people maybe to um, go and read a full, you know, review now, because people are almost used to quick fixes yeah. and one-liners and every, you know, everything's done in a different way. But, but that was one of the reasons for doing the podcasts, because we didn't do the podcast right from the beginning. I was writing the website and um, for four years, I think, before Ian, who I mentioned, who did sound engineering uh, at Glasgow Uni. Ian Gregson. Ian Gregson, yeah. And he wanted, he said, we be listening to podcasts. And I'd been listening to the Collins and Herring podcast and the Guardian Football podcast and another couple. I went, yes, if you're not fancy doing one for the website, went, that sounds a really good idea if you're willing to do all the technical side of things because I didn't know it. And, and that's what we did. Uh, and it was partly as well this idea of, even on the radio, you usually get five minutes interviews seven minutes at the most and then they have to go to the travel or they have to go to the you know news or yeah, like that and I just love the idea of sitting down with someone like we're doing now mm -hmm. and just letting them have a blather for, yeah. for an hour or whatever mm -hmm. and um, and that's what we did um, and we've had some great people on we've done over 90 now we're moving up to our 100 it's incredible yeah we just did one in Dundee and there's no end of um Opportunities, no. You know the the. Um, you were saying you were particularly keen to do the Dundee one. Well, this came from uh, a conversation I'd had with a writer called Anna Stewart, who lives in Dundee and has been a, a long-term supporter of Scots We Hear. Yeah, she's one of the few people to have recognised me in the street, which was all, which was made my day. I tell you, but. Um, we had we were talking about the, the Victoria and Albert, which is opening up in Dundee, and how that's suddenly yeah, there's yeah, all this attention on Dundee. And she said, "Well, it's a bit of a shame when you read Guardian articles about oh the V&A is bringing culture to Dundee, when actually there's lots of stuff going on there for you know decades." Mm -hmm. um, and I said, "Well, I kind of knew that a little bit because um, when I worked um, with Cargo Publishing for a while." We did the Dundee International Book Prize, which was a big deal. Yeah, and there was yeah, a, yeah that, that happened. Yeah. So um, I kind of knew that there was, uh, and I knew a lot of people in the um, literary side of things in Dundee. Um, and uh, obviously the Dundee Rep had a great reputation, or has a great reputation, Dundee Contemporary Arts. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was kind of saying, to her, yeah, it's a shame nobody's kind of bigging this up and what has been going on already. And then I thought, well, Surely that's what I should be doing. I can't sit in Glasgow and go, well... Um, and I, it did make me think that most of the stuff I've done uh, over all these years has been very Central Belt-centric, you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow and Falkirk and, you know, Kilmarnock and stuff like that. Um, with the odd trip, you know, um, elsewhere. But, uh, so, we got a panel together and said, can we do this? Um and I was up visiting my brother who lives up north in Braemar and I took a day out to go to Dundee and we did the, recorded it there and it was great and I'm going to hopefully do more, I'm hoping to do one in Aberdeen mm -hmm. and anywhere else if you want to what get about, in touch. Um, what about Paisley? Well that would be one that we could I mean, probably do as massive, well. because they were up for the, um, the 2021, 20, yeah. all that stuff they had planned is still going mm -hmm. ahead and it's, it's, it's very vibrant there, of course, the John Byrne connection. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, exactly, the Paisley Brigade. And anywhere else, I mean, the whole... 
if, if Scott's way has to be true to you know what I set out to do in the first place is it's got to not just I mean I've re reviewed books from here and, and Scott's writing overseas and you know I, I always think I make up uh, I, it's my it's my ball if you like I can see what it's justified to be in or not um, um, but a, I really should be doing the same with the podcasts if you know obviously it's not always easy to go and go up to Orkney or somewhere like that but I would like to do something like that yeah. definitely yeah well that was that, bit, that was smashing I mean there's so much um, of the history in Dundee and all the yeah. writing in the, the jute industry That's and right. all that absolutely sort of, um, the fisheries as well yeah. uh, and uh, it was interesting to see how these buildings are being used now as museums and uh, you know galleries and things like that. It's uh, it's a really, I mean, I was there on a beautiful day, but it's a really yeah. buzzing city. It's a, well, it's also got the the um, the university's got the fabulous um, like the games, the IT. Yeah. Uh, that they they've done. I think that's like really globally recognised. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's a huge part of um, of yeah. Dundee's kind of cultural. Yeah. landscape at the moment yeah so the other thing that of course that you're very much in demand for is the hosting events <laughs> well yeah I mean, that's something that's um come up over the last few years um i mean we were um right away when we knew we were going to be an i right we thought oh maybe alistair would um host it for us be the, you know the sort of what do you call it, sort of chairman, chairman, chair, 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 um, then of course I was sick and I didn't get That's to be right. there, I was so disappointed, but, um, that was a great event, I mean, we should mm -hmm. say this was a, a 10 writers, yeah, the fun, yeah at uh, I Write this year and uh, um, it was, it was a really good event, well the, I think they were quite surprised um, that it had, had sold out mm -hmm. and they got in touch with me to say, um, Will we move it to a bigger hall? But that was, I think it was almost like the night before. Right. And I thought, well, nothing much is going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to get many other people. And, and I thought, you're better being sold out than maybe going into the big place and then, you know, half empty. Mm. I didn't know, I, I wasn't sure what to do. But as it turned out, I wasn't able to be there. But, I, but I've gone along to other events where you've been cheering it and enjoyed it very much? Well, it's interesting because I, um, I have in the past suffered quite badly from anxiety attacks and panic attacks. And um, certainly when I went back to university for the second time, the idea of standing up and talking in front of anyone was really difficult, you know, really difficult. And, uh, and then I started to take classes, tutor classes at the university and things like that. And... Um, yeah, it's not always as easy maybe as it hopefully looks, but I, I really enjoy doing them. I really enjoy doing them. I, I did one recently in, in uh, Edinburgh, and it was um, it was to uh, introduce um, a lovely new print of the Prime of Miss Jean Brodie, because you know, I'd written on Scottish film and stuff mm -hmm. like that again. Mm -hmm. And a, a, the Muriel Spark 100, um, people who are celebrating the centenary of Muriel Spark, had kindly asked me to go along to the Edinburgh Film House mm -hmm. and uh, do an introduction before it started. And I thought I would maybe be a table and a chair, I could have a glass of water, and there would maybe be about 40 or 50 people there, but it was sold out, it was packed. And I was right on the stage in front of the thing, and that suddenly was like, oh man, this is this is uh, quite a big deal, but uh, but it seemed to go very well. Oh no, no I mean, you're, you're, I, I can't even imagine you being nervous. And when I when I was at university, I and I didn't say a word. I don't think in the tutorial for about the first three years, I was so I was very very nervous. Mm -hmm. And then when I got into um, my honours year, I was. Um, I, my father died mm -hmm. in my junior honours year and had been off for a few months when he was ill, so I was way behind and I was a nervous wreck and I wasn't sleeping. And I'd gone to the doctor and she, um, I mean, this is a long time ago, but she su suggested um, hypnotherapy and she recommended me, and it was doctors in Clydebank Health, Health mm -hmm. Centre, do uh, Dr McEwen. And I went along and I had this um, hypnosis 
And I mean, it was like a miracle. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he asked me all the things that um, made me anxious. And I said to him, I find it very difficult you know, speaking if there are you know, a number of people there. And uh, I mean, I was dead, dead shy. And um, I got the self-hypnosis and then my, my final year that you couldn't shut me up. <laughs> no. I mean it was it was just like absolutely amazing I had to play it every day you know, it wasn't just like one session yeah sure play it every How day and then I would go places and people would say oh, hey I don't see I'm fine I'm hypnotised <laughs> yeah no no it was um, it, it made a you know a vast difference but when I did um, when we were doing the 10 writers and, and Jim came up with the whole idea and it was the music and then we were to the 10 writers writing a story about the song um, and Jim says well you'll need to be in it I said oh my god I said well I'm writing something really short because I don't want to be standing up you know for a long time so my short is my story is much shorter than anyone else's and the first night um, I was I was just a nervous wreck I mean I, I just oh, was shaking. this the night at the Cottiers? No, no, the first night was, and I was, it wasn't too bad by that time, the first night we did in Tasters in right. the West End Festival. Oh, yes, I remember So it was in Watterson's and Byers Road. Uh-huh. I mean, I was absolutely awful. And Mick Norton, who's a fabulous writer, you know, his um, story's Big Toe, yeah. which is wonderful. And Mick, everybody else was kind of, Stephanie's not all that keen. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown is also a fabulous writer that, that you, you know Stephanie. Stephanie's not awful keen to perform, but I think the rest of them really, really enjoy it. They enjoy performing their work. And But Mick Norton, who's just really a remarkably good writer and has got the beautiful Irish accent, he says, Pat, I, I can't do it the first night. So I said, I don't really want to do it either. <laughs> he said, I just, I'm not doing it this first night, Pat. I'll, I'll come along and then I'll, I'll do it after that. So we were, we were, and I think he's fine now too. You know, you've done this so often. It's a shame, uh, I think, because increasingly for writers, there is this expectation that they have to perform in inverted commas in other work. And that comes easier to some people than others, you know. I did a, a launch recently um, in Edinburgh, um, in Blackwells, with Matt Nichols uh, and his uh, novel, A Thousand and the Second Book to Read Before You Die, uh, which is an excellent book. Um, and he was having a launch in Glasgow uh, with um, Kevin McNeil, who's hosting the one in Glasgow, and I did the one in, in Edinburgh. And he was not keen at all to to read. Um, partly, I think he said, I want it to be read with, I don't want people to hear my voice read. And so how we got around it was actually really interesting. He, he got two different people in the cities, actors, friends of his, to read out the sections yeah. he wanted mm-hmm. on his. And it, yeah. you know what? It worked yeah. a treat. It I've worked that, really, seen, really well. I've seen that, that um, before. Um, it was, and, and it, it was fabulous. And it was when I was at university, um, when I was doing the MLIT, there was uh, an event, it was in the, um, what's that place in the the old something or other? Oh gosh, I can never remember the, the names of places. But it was it was one of the projects that the students were doing. Right. Um, and um, they had people performing, you know, the students' work. Mm-hmm. And they would get, ask an actor friend or some somebody to do it. And of course, that was, mm-hmm. that was absolutely... No, it worked, worked yeah. very, very well. But I agree with you that some people are so good. I was at an event recently, it was organised by Linda Jackson, mm-hmm. who's a tutor at Strathclyde and Creative Writing. And it was for the writer um, Janet Paisley. It was a tribute because Janet is very, very ill. Right. And there were lots of people. I, I was asked to read at it, which was a big compliment. But some of the, um, perfor- the were performances and... Janice Galloway, mm-hmm. she read one of Janet Paisley's stories. I mean, it was just fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous. And then Janet, she has got six sons, and her youngest son had written something quite short. And it was, it, it, well, it wasn't, he was so, um, 
just such a lovely voice and right. a lovely sound and so um, very kind of humble actually but so sincere and you, you, the more you see and the more you see the variety I mean different things work for different people mm-hmm, but, absolutely. They, but I think uh, he was just being himself completely Janice was using a lot of skills but it wasn't it was perfect you know, it wasn't overdone I mean I think that um, some people are there is a demand for people to go, you know, to book launches and, you know, these sort of open, you know, word mm-hmm. performances. But some people are writing really to be read. Well, I, that's that, that was Mark's point. You know, it's a very literary book. It's about writing. Actually, it's about reading. But uh, it's also about writing as well. And he was clear that mm-hmm. um, that's what he wanted to do. But... It's like in uh, the very beginning of Woody Allen's Manhattan, he says, you know, well, I've got to change that. We want to sell some books here. <laughs> and there's that side of things as well. You know, I mean, you have a book mm-hmm. uh, launch, um, there is a, a, an expectation that there will be some kind of reading or something mm-hmm. of some that kind of sort. Yeah. And I do feel it's the same with um, uh, poetry, you know. There's plenty of poets out there who never performed any of the poetry fantastic but there's this idea that it should now be performed and mm. I think that's that's a shame mm. for a lot of very very good writers yeah but, um, but when you're talking about that and talking about the using the actors and the speaking Jim's got an idea for another project for 10 writers right. which is half under wraps but uh, under wraps kind of because we've not really yeah, thought sure, it through sure. yet but um, it's, we'll have that element within it you know the the um, reading but the reading will not have to be done by the writer because we've definitely um the the 10 writers we had well like Stephen mm-hmm. Watt and I know you saw Stephen recently yeah 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 he, that is just Stephen's thing oh he's great yeah. uh, if anyone has ever seen Stephen Watt the poet um a perform it's fantastic mm-hmm. he's yeah. a natural mm-hmm. and that's a performance he is he that he he is that is what he's writing for that performance and then does it he was saying to me which I didn't realise and this is talking about making things difficult for yourself that he doesn't like to repeat himself so if he sees if he knows there's someone in the room that's heard them you know do one of his poems then he won't do that poem he wants to he wants to keep it fresh for himself as well but also for for other people which is you know whereas some people it's just the greatest hits kind of every time Callum um McLean, he's he's also very good. Um, yes. And completely different, mm-hmm. you know, like to have two poets, um, and so such a completely different de- delivery because um, Stevens is so extrovert and such so performing, and Callum's quite kind of thoughtful and um, slow, but they they work for their poems. You know, and I think that's the well, it's their voice, isn't it? That's it's their, their voice, voice, yeah. But no, the whole the whole area is just utterly fascinating. Yeah, it's good to hear that you're doing something, you know, linked whatever that might be to ten writers, because it's been I think it's been a massive success. It's oh been my a big goodness! Success. Do you know? I mean, we never anticipated. I mean, we're still getting asked for oh, this to, do is us to do other events, and this is our. Um, well, this this will be the, the the we've been three years in the West End Festival. Wow, we were, we that's were again. I I um, four of us performed recently at events in the West End Festival on invitation. Sure. So we had never really anticipated that, but um, I've got to say you helped us an awful lot. <laughs> well, it was I mean, but it was exactly the kind of thing. That I think you know if Scott's way he's not supporting stuff like that, then it's not we're not no, doing something right. No, but it worked. It worked great. So, so what's new? Have you got anything? Anything you'd like to tell us about? Oh, that you've got on the pipeline. Or? Not well. Not I mean, I've got a bit of review pile. It's it's always it never seems to get any shorter. As soon as I, I get one off the top, then something else arrives in the bottom. Um, I've just got a copy of uh, 
James Robertson's, it's not really a biography, but let's call it a biography on Michael Mara, talking about Dundee. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise he came from Dundee. So that's going to be good. And I've got a few um, podcasts lined up. I don't like to give the names away in in, in case it doesn't happen, because that has happened in the past. I thought I've gone, yeah, yeah, happy to do it. And then for whatever reason, we just can't kind of get together. But there'll be plenty more podcasts um, and reviews and uh, yeah in, in the in the short term that's about, I actually want to do one more kind of city podcasts if possible because I think uh, as we found by talking to um, Anna, Gillian and Gordon and Dundee there's so much to tell yeah, there's a sw- yeah. and people want yeah. to tell it yeah. they want yeah. to get it out there yeah. so um, yeah, there'll be a few more of those things yeah you start you know. doing one thing and then it, it leads to another yeah I've got a, a wee idea for a, a, a book as well but uh, again I don't really want to jinx that by going any further into it but we'll so see so is, is this an apple? no 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 it's not uh, it's, it's um, it'll be a kind of collection of uh, of of um, reviews and things like that, oh, but, um, but uh, with that, with a, 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 a theme to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds good. Yeah, well, that's just a, a possibility. But uh, no, in the in the uh, short term, anyway, it's just kind of continuing as, as usual. And I love doing it. Yeah, I absolutely I love it. You, People say, know. "Oh, you you know, yeah, it's a lot of work," and, and it is, but. <laughs> It's, you know, what else would I do with my time? I don't really get down the pub much anymore or anything like that. So. I it's like I was saying to you, you went off on holiday in Braemar, and I'm saying you seem to do quite a lot of work. Yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I enjoy kind of spending my time. Not all the time. I mean, you know, I did get out and walk uh, and, you know, well, enjoy um, the countryside and all of that stuff. I mean, uh, in a way, it's a kind of pleasure. I mean, I know um, I'm always saying to people I'm on a barter system, and, of course, I run into you, you know, um, this is the thing. The festival and I write and, and that's what I always uh, think when people you know again folks say oh do you make any money from it which you know no no but but I, uh, but I get you know <laughs> we, we bump into each other at <laughs> festivals that we've been given passes to and I get books sent to me and I get music sent mm-hmm. to me and I just I you don't, don't need pocket money I don't, I don't need the pocket money anymore well I, well, I might do soon but uh, <laughs> and going back to where we started I've, I've it's a lovely thing to be able to do something well, and I think that about my catering background, is that if, for whatever reason, I had to go and, and you know, work somewhere, then I, yeah, I'd be quite happy to go back into a kitchen. and uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not in this weather, but uh, on the whole, go back in and, you know, get the old chef mm-hmm. whites out again. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I mean, it's great that you're enjoying it so much. Um, Alistair, as I said, you, you inspired us. Well, that's lovely to hear. To have a go, and and we're enjoying it. Good, that's great. Thank you very much. So I think we'll close on that. Hi. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks, Pat. And thanks for coming along. Well, there you go. That was very busy, Alistair Braidwood. Thanks, Alistair, and thanks, Pat. Thus ends another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. Thanks for listening, and catch you the next time.